0: Welcome to the Citizen Centric Podcast, transforming our cities with technology and sharing. On the third episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Frans Anton Vermast from Amsterdam Smart City. They have been at the forefront on issues such as digital rights of citizens, so we talk a lot about that. They also have a no-nonsense approach to making things happen. He gives a great example about space sharing, and my favorite moment is when he says, it's not a matter of solving, it's a matter of willing. This is a great opportunity to hear about their approach, their best practices, their lessons learned, especially around user-centric, citizen-centric solutions. I hope you enjoy the chat. Okay, so welcome Franz Anton to the Citizen-Centric Podcast. Would you like to tell a little bit about yourself to start off?
1: I'm uh, the International Smart City Ambassador for Amsterdam Smart City and the Chief Technology Office related to the municipality of uh, Amsterdam and if there's one specialty uh, I focus on then it will be bottom-up approach, citizens engagement and user-centric approaches of problem solving as we think the citizen is the end user yeah. of the city and its region. And if you don't come up with a solution that solves a citizen problem, then sooner or later it's not gonna work out because citizens will not take up the solution. Okay. And from that perspective, I'd like to emphasize, we have to change the paradigm shift from solution oriented to problem. Which actual problem are we gonna solve for the citizens?
0: Okay, and I'm an engineer by background, so you know I see everything. You know I see everything as a solution, but but definitely we start there. Do you want to give a really quick summary of what the kind of chief technology office um, is, well, what it, what its remit is? Yeah, so the
1: chief technology office is basically Amsterdam Smart City, but then within the government. So. Uh, We're all facing huge transitions, if it's in energy, waste, mobility, etc. We can do that outside with partners, but it's also very, very important to do that within the uh, chief, uh, within the uh, Amsterdam municipality. And especially when it comes to municipality, you have to respect all public values. So everything you do as a local government has to be on a non-discriminatory base. It has to be uh, beneficial for the, econ- the economy, uh, uh, social uh, perspective and ecological uh, perspective. Okay. And if you're talking about Amsterdam Smart City, it's mainly it goes about uh, uh, assets, about mobility, etc. And what we're actually focusing on, on within the Chief Technology Office is propriety issues on data okay? Can we do audits on algorithms? Yes, is the algorithm actually doing what we think? And mainly, we do that in the social domain, so when it comes to healthcare, when yep. it comes to unemployment, etc. etc.
0: Okay, cool. Um, we have a kind of catch all phrase or a catch all group of kind of user centric, citizen centric. Um, topics or or kind of uh, values we deliver. So if it it is something like saving people time or providing them with more choice of services um, or making things super easy to use and kind of facilitating them to be healthier or safer. So choice, save me time, make it easy. uh, If you can, healthy and safety. Um, Do you guys see the the kind of user-centric approach as as the same? Is there something else or something missing that, that, that you guys... Focus on. No, I think the three uh, things you're mentioning,
1: and as I mentioned in my previous uh, uh, sentence, it has to be on a non-discriminatory yeah. basis. In the past, we were looking at how can we reduce congestion. Yeah. Uh, but we forgot about the people who couldn't even afford a car.
0: Yeah. So
1: okay. affordable, non-discriminatory, and I know I'm I'm gonna say it again. It's it's a word of the uh, smart city bullshit bingo card, but. There's not such thing as a transportation silo, energy silo, yeah. a waste silo. Yeah. It's all interconnected now. You have to use that uh, that skewer to go through all these departments and have this. Excuse me for the word, but that holistic approach.
0: Okay, so then, if just jumping into something that you mentioned a moment ago, if we talk about engagement, which you might have mentioned p- previous to us recording, um, where do you see where do you see the kind of that evolving too so there's so we've recently been talking about you have the political actor who is the person who you who that group has has enlarged because of kind of connectivity you don't have to go to town hall meetings anymore you can have um gamification approaches or online surveys or or these kind of things um when does when does the kind of the digital footprint of the citizens. So I use a bus and if a a bus route becomes very popular or the city bikes in a certain area become popular, are we going in the direction that my actions, if I share my data with the public transportation company, can change the offering, be it, let's say public transport is easy to talk about, where actually the kind of consumer as opposed to the political actor is voting with their feet and, and kind of engaging that way? is is there much discussion on that in in Amsterdam or are, are we heading in that direction I'm not sure if we're heading in
1: that direction and I think one of the tasks of a municipality is make sure that our people are not voting with their feet but it's important to keep them well informed but okay. it is uh, it, it is important to create a secure environment uh, for people to share their data and it's just ridiculous in my opinion that every individual wants or not voluntarily but at least shares their data with the Googles and the Facebooks alike but they don't trust the local government to share their data with so how can we re-establish that trust and that's one of the important things and uh, so we have to encourage for people to actually uh,
0: uh, share their data not
1: only with the public transportation company but also with uh, the local municipality,
0: and and you mentioned that that you want to you want to kind of create transparency, but, but you don't want people to vote with their with their kind of consumer footprint, let's say. Um, so, for example, if we go off public transport, if. You know, if there's lots of co-working spaces in the centre of Amsterdam um, and people no longer go to their, or or even co-working spaces or libraries people start to work in, um, those. if those trends are happening and and working in your neighbourhood is good because maybe you leave the car at home, uh, maybe you don't have the stress of a commute, these kind of things, does the city or does the city services kind of see these trends that are... It isn't the political actor saying, can I have more, you know... uh, working desks in my local library mm. how, how does the government or how does the let's even call it government or public or private how does the local services kind of keep track of of the changes or the the kind of needs of 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 the of the people in the neighborhood or, or city
1: Okay, so one of the, uh, the measurements that was taken by the CEO a few years ago is to reduce government buildings owned by the city of Amsterdam from 200 to 120. Okay. Which means reduce the desktop ratio from 1.3 yeah. to 0.7. Yeah. Um, in addition to that all civil servants within the city of Amsterdam have now an access pass that they can access all local government buildings. Okay. So, if you're living living in the east, yeah. but your office is in the west, yeah. but there's another office of the municipality, yeah. maybe you can work one or two days okay, great. in there, and to take it even one step further, what we did with the within the Amsterdam Smart City is that all the strategic partners, which are 19 different partners. Yeah. They have all access to all government buildings, but we have now access to their buildings. So if, for example, yeah. from the electricity grid operator, Leander, yeah. there's an office next door, why shouldn't I go exactly. and work there? Exactly. So, and, but also with universities, etc. So yeah. that's how we try to encourage. There's uh, probably uh, a lot of capitals have these... Uh, uh, the, the the phase that actually citizens can't afford to live in in the city centre or yeah. they have to commute so we have yeah. a, a, a pretty big city which is called Almere and every day there's a lot of people just commuting yeah. all the time so what we did we were together with the city of Almere and Amsterdam we built a smart work centre in between Almere okay. and Amsterdam so people do not have to commute yeah. all the time yeah. because still for uh, quite a few people, it's still difficult to work at home because the vacuum cleaner is ringing or uh, something yeah. else is uh, is <laughs> gets their attention. Okay. So we made it available, uh, for, uh, and then a local government can be a launching customer. So as a local government, we bought 70,000 hours. Of uh, in that smart workspace okay. to provide yeah. to civil servants, so that's another important role I think. When you th- when you want to encourage people and your citizens, you could take the role of lo- launching customer.
0: Yeah, and actually that's really interesting. So, the smart district in Helsinki, Kalasatama, um, so the the government entity that is kind of managing that forum, Virium, actually they didn't have an office or they were moving office. Um, they wanted to have a presence on the site. And they kind of discovered that, you know what, we need some seats or some office space on the site, but we it might be the occupancy of it might be kind of sporadic. So they've then created this Kala Sataman Urban Lab, which is basically a space where is kind of open uh, for people to kind of come and go and to, to almost use as as you wish. Um, be it seminar space, be it kind of coffee zone working, be it kind of quiet working. Um, but obviously there's all kinds of problems with information security and, and these things. If you let other, enter other companies or enterprises into your offices, let's say, H- have you guys faced any of those kind of stumbling blocks or has it been, hey, we'll solve those?
1: It's not a matter of solving, it's a matter of willing. Yes. And okay. um, just my uh, little experience I had in Australia when we was talking to the state government of New South Wales, and the city of Sydney I said guys why yeah
0: are you not working t- oh no
1: we can't share our data yes right. but you don't share your data yeah. just it's 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 again a matter of trust so yeah I think just let people work there make sure which uh, uh, which data they can access which exce, which yeah. data they can't access yeah. and it hasn't got to do Anything at all with a physical space anymore?
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Then, and that's, and that, that, we haven't had such a quick jump in that direction. In Helsinki, we're we're kind of testing and, and prototyping, and hopefully, if, if if this kind of works, then then some of those walls are dropped. Um. Okay. That's a really that's and, kind and of and really. To add just yeah. one little
1: thing there, as I don't believe in physical office spaces anymore. Yeah. We have with the CTO, we with Amazon Smart City, we have an app. Yeah. And then uh, basically. Uh, in the morning, when I want to see my uh, colleagues, I'll just text, guys, where's, where are you working? Yeah. Oh, are you working there? Then I'll come to that uh, okay. space. Okay, and
0: nice. Which makes and, and, it easy. And is that an app for you guys, or are you using a proprietary app no, from a company? No, WhatsApp. Okay, using WhatsApp. WhatsApp <laughs> yeah. group, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's as simple as that. <laughs> okay, perfect.
1: Um, and we try the, to avoid email these yeah. days. So we, either if you want to talk to me, you send me a WhatsApp and I'll call you back. Okay. We don't send files anymore. Yeah. It's all going to be via Slack or yeah. Trello or okay. those kind of means or OneDrive okay.
0: or uh, whichever. Um, let's talk about space for a moment. So just You guys sound like you're being quite modern with, with, the, with your approach there. Is there any directions or any buildings in Amsterdam where you're trying to use a building over the course of a whole day? So almost trying to find these complementary usage patterns. One example I've heard of is in you have kind of a co-working space next to a gym. And in between, there's this kind of, let's say, the uh, one third of the footprint is the co-working space, one third of the footprint is the gym, and there's a third in between that they kind of share. And maybe the gym area uses it before 9am and after 6pm, because they, they spill into that space in their peak hours, and the co-working space spills into it in, in its peak hours, and, and they manage it that way. So the challenge is what kind of spaces are complementary or what kind of spaces allow our buildings to be used kind of Monday to Sunday seven days a week kind of 16 hours a day that's that's kind of top line challenge have you tested or have any good stories on, on that kind of approach
1: yeah it's, and it's 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 a very easy example yeah it's basically uh, uh, primary schools yes okay so we use the uh, uh, the rooms in a primary yeah. school after say 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock yeah. to uh, give courses to yeah. actually parents to yeah. encourage parents to uh, uh, to come in and uh, I think offices should be open now 24-7 yeah. especially when you're not only working with people nationally but also internationally yeah. so people fly in from a 12-hour time difference yeah. so they'd like to work in their same time zone as... There, uh, uh, as at home, yeah. and now even, and I know it always gives wrong connotations uh, when you say you can rent an hotel room per hour. Yeah. Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah. but this is actually some people actually want to rent their room eight hours yeah. to sleep, but yeah. in their time zone. Yeah. So you don't rent a hotel room per day anymore, but yeah. within several hours, and that's how you can also use, but also what we, uh, for, for example, Pakhuis de Zwijger, which is one of the citizens' engagement uh, organizations in Amsterdam. During daytime, it's a commercial venue, conference venue, where you can rent uh, rooms and, uh, or the whole venue. Yeah. At night, from 6 o'clock onwards, they program all kind of free uh, seminars, free conferences, free okay. on topics that even you and me, we can come up with the topic and they are going to help to organise the dialogue. and So that building is used from, say, 9 in the morning yeah. till 11 uh,
0: at night. Okay, and that sounds really good. I think we really need more of these cases. There's actually a, a, a building being built in Helsinki, which will be a kind of office hotel and a total new slant. So um, you can book the hotel... For half a day, as a, as a hotel room or an office room for for half a day, um, or if you're out of town and you want a kind of office to work in, in in Helsinki for the week, you can book it for two or three days whenever you're there. And I think one of the nice things is not only that the kind of energy being used to heat the building or ventilate the building is being optimised. But, but the, the nice benefit is that they're spending lots of money on the, the restaurant or the rooftop swimming pool or in Finland the saunas, yep. and you get much more footfall and value, the kind of return on investment for the kind of the facilities and the, uh, the, yep. that are there. Um, you mentioned uh, before we went on air about kind of there's still car ownership in the middle of Amsterdam. Um, and do people use their cars many times per week, or, or what? What have you guys found out with regards to that? Uh,
1: a lot of the residents who live in the city center, they don't want to go into traffic with their cars. So yeah. They Either use their bike, or if it's really bad weather, uh, they they have a car share like Car2Go or Fetch yeah. or yeah. Uh, Green Wheels, uh, and alternatively they use Uber or. But it's funny that. Quite a few of these residents have a parking permit and have a car parked in front of the house six days a week. They only use it one day a week. So we have to rethink how we can use that public space more efficiently to uh, either reduce the congestion that is caused by people looking around for parking space, or you want to increase the livability for the neighborhood so you can actually from two or three parking spaces you can make children's playground or you can put some more green or which has all kind of other beneficial uh, beneficial effects like uh, if you put more green it will reduce the uh, the the, the heat and it will keep the water much better etc etc okay so from that point of view we try to encourage the uh, car sharing model as well and one of the the role that the local municipality is taking there that they actually agreed with uh, car to go which is owned by daimler benz yeah. that they can park the car to goes anywhere in the city for free what uh, 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 of course where it's permitted to yeah. park a car yeah. so that's where a local government can stimulate actually to for people to uh, to use a car sharing yeah. uh, uh, model but it's still not as much as for example in PRC in China yeah. or the US uh, car is still for a lot of people a status symbol yeah. and for me someone with no kids yeah i don't need a car yeah but if you have kids you want to have the pram in the back and you want yeah. so yeah. i yeah. totally agree on that one but even then if Usually, um, uh, most of the people know actually when they're gonna travel. Oh, we're yeah. going on Sunday. We're going to Brenny or yeah. whatever. So if you can plan that and the car will be delivered in in front of your house, you load stuff in and then you go. Yeah. which yeah. I think makes it uh, makes it easier.
0: And and do you have a feeling or have you had done some in, uh, research on? what they need their car for one day a week. is it? So we've heard in Finland um, in one city in Lahti people said one of the things they really need their car for is the big weekly shopping extravaganza where they go and they buy all their weekly food um, and they tested having kind of cargo bikes for rent in in the local shopping centre that were, that were there um, what have you guys found with regards to why that one day a week they need their car Uh we were early talking about uh, mobility as a service. Yeah.
1: And we did this we did this experiment with volunteers in the central business district. Yeah. We asked hundred people to give up their lease car for one month. Yeah. We gave them in return a thousand euros travel okay. budget. Yeah. To see and to learn where when are people are using their car, when are people missing their car. Yeah. And as you mentioned, they miss their car at night. When there's less frequent uh, public transportation available, yeah, yeah, and during the weekend, and why did you have a lease car again? Yeah, it's to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and so yeah. these kind of we didn't do in-depth research where yeah. uh, we're trying to uh, to to collect all the data now. Uh, what people what different modes of transport and which chain of transportation of uh, and mobility they they're using, mm. but. Funnily, as you mentioned, the big
0: shopping uh, extravaganza during yeah. the
1: weekend or going to granny with the lease car. Or yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, okay. And then maybe one of the last questions I'll ask then is, with regards to data and transparency, um, I think one of the kind of elephants in the room for a kind of user-centric approach of Smart City is that maybe maybe data sharing and understanding patterns of use can make the system more efficient but there is this kind of data privacy issue there or even uh we have an episode coming soon on surveillance uh, capitalism which talks about actually expands it to people's freedom yeah. because then it the, 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 their, your behavior can be influenced if there's too much data mm. on you and um, there is this kind of smart city dream where i give my diary to the you know, to the service providers of the city, um, and they know where I'm going tomorrow, and they say, okay, here's a nice co-working space for you to work after your meeting in the city. Um, This is the best way to get there via buses or public transport. There might even be that that a couple of hours before, when I'm planning to take the bus, um, somebody goes, oh, there's an Uber pool that's actually passing your door. Do you want to hop in a share taxi for an extra kind of three euros? But there is this kind of perspective that it maybe saves me time and gives me lots of choice of services. And in in a kind of maximized version of this, it can pick a co-working space where my friends have already decided to go. Mm -hmm. Where do you see that going in this world of of privacy and and personal freedom issues? Uh, Does that central service platform or service offering interface have to be provided by a city or a public body that, that, that we've trusted. Um, there's, there's lots of different questions around around how to get there and if we should get there. Where, where do you stand on, where do we start on that topic? I don't have an opinion if it should be a public body or yeah. a
1: private body or uh, maybe a knowledge institution body. What I like to uh, emphasise is that the local government and probably also the national government, has set the, has to set the conditions yeah. on how to use data. What can you do with the data? So, for example, we signed a manifesto in Amsterdam, it's called TADA, okay. and where, for example, we make it visible and transparent which data is collected by which sensor and which camera. Yeah. What are we doing with yeah. your data? Yeah. And what's the outcome of the data? Another thing is... You sh- as and that's probably a role uh, an important role for local government is you have to give people the right to be digitally forgotten yeah and we signed last november in barcelona we signed a uh, another agreement with the city of new york and the city of barcelona on uh, digital rights are human rights yeah so you have to think it from that perspective and that's what i was mentioning earlier on. Yeah. that's your role of government to make make sure that it's non Discriminatory that it's beneficial to the economy, but in a very broad perspective, not only a niche, yeah. that it's socially accepted to uh, to uh, to anyone, and in the end that it's also ecological uh, uh, yeah. beneficial. So, yes, who has to decide? Uh, who has to develop that platform? I don't know. Yeah, but I think it's really important for a local government to set the propriety issues yeah. on data what are we doing with data etc there was a huge debate in Amsterdam when you renew your passport and you still have outstanding fines with tax or yeah. police or whatever yeah we immediately now tell the police somebody in front of the desk okay. that's still huge debate and you can't do that and you can't share and um,
0: yeah
1: but somebody's yeah. just off, makes an offense to the law so yeah. why not yeah. combine those things yeah. and another thing we do is and we had to learn it the, the, the hard way unfortunately there was a fire in a flat yeah. and one of the firemen got stabbed okay. by a person who was crazy
0: yeah.
1: when, when they were evaluating that uh, that incident the police said yeah but you should have known on number 72 this crazy guy <laughs> Is, uh, yeah. is living there, yeah. so what, we, what we've developed now is when there's an accident or where there's an emergency only temporary a lot of data is uh, loaded up to a cloud so that all kind of emergency services can actually uh, access it and make sure not only who uh, which guy is crazy and uh, get you in danger but also, oh, there's a disabled lady at number 94. Maybe yeah. we should rescue her first okay. before they come. For example, to me, who's still uh, very mobile.
0: Okay. And then, last question. Then, totally is how do you engage if you set the if you set the kind of bar for transparency? How do you engage with the 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 private entities in the city? So something as simple as the large shopping centre or mall that kind of photographs your registration plate as you drive into the car park. Uh, how do you engage, or do you engage, or how do you start from that perspective?
1: Yeah, we we engage fully with the private sector. Yeah, but the private the private sector has to collaborate. It's not that they're gonna sell or yeah. anything. Uh, yeah, and if they are, for example, uh, providing smart light bulbs, yeah, which has sensors and yeah. cameras, etc. Yeah, the ownership of the data will always be with the citizens. Yep. And it may be a semantic discussion, but data are owned by citizens and not by the city.
0: So, so, can I, so one question then is, do you encourage them to think that way, or are you essentially going to have to police them to think that way? Or yes, It's basically police them to think that way. But it's also a different in mindset
1: for the private sector. In the past, they would sell an asset. Yes. These days... to give you the example of the smart light bulb again public sector private sector we're going to collaborate private sector you're going to provide those smart light bulbs you will invest in those smart light bulbs so we won't sell them from you but we're going to lease them from you for 10 years yeah yeah. and that's also a different mindset and of course as a private company or any other company they can always get a copy of the data because the data are open data Yeah.
0: Okay, that, that, that's really good We touched on lots of important things there so thanks Franz Anton, that was really helpful cool. You're
1: welcome, thanks very much for giving the opportunity to share Amsterdam Smart City's best practices and lessons learned Excellent, thank you Thank you for listening to the Citizen Centric Podcast transforming our cities with technology and sharing.